good to see everybody out today in the land of the living. We say thank you, Lord, for just bringing us out to worship. Before we begin, let us pray. Lord, we just say thank you for another day. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for the summertime. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you brought in our lives. God, we give you thanks today. We ask you to be with us today in our worship service, Lord, as we come and give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. We know that when the blessings go up, the praises come down. God, we just say thank you that we can worship you in advance. Things don't look good, but we know that you are good. And we just say thank you, Lord, that you have a way out of no way. So we come to you today, giving you glory, honor, and praise, Lord. Not just because things are good, even in our downtimes, God. And we just say thank you, Lord, that you have a good plan and purpose for our lives. Lord, we just thank you for those that are coming in online. We thank you for those that are coming into our worship service today. Lord, we ask you to continue to bring those that need to hear a word from you, God. Open our ears and open our hearts to be moved towards you, Lord. And we ask you to bless this service this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to church, everybody. It's good to see everybody out. Welcome, everybody, online, on Facebook. Welcome to our visitors, friends, members, and supporters. A warm greeting and God's blessings are extended to you today. Visitors, if you're passing through, we pray that your journey may be safe. And if you could fill out a, one of our guest cards in the back, if you're watching online, we ask you to check your attendance by making a comment on the Facebook page. Um, you can also make a chat on the webpage, nlac.tv, or you can even download our New Life at Calvary app and choose About Links. And also, we'd like you to click on our guest or prayer card. Anybody need some prayer today? Anybody needs to hear a word today? So we just come into worship and faith and hope that God has a good day and a good service in store for us. Are you guys ready to give God some praise today? All right. Well, we ask you to just stand wherever you are. If you're able, if you're at home, if you're in our worship service, we ask you to just stand and give God some praise today as we sing, Oh, Give Thanks.
Reginald Woods come up and do the prayer and the church purpose statement. Good morning, family. Praise the Lord. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord with my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise the Lord. God is so good, isn't he? Yes, he is. Let's give him a little praise then. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us, Lord God, to come together, Lord God, as a body of Christ, as a church family, Lord God, just to lift your name up and glorify you, to come to you in praise and honor and glory, Lord God, just thanking you for who you are and all you've done in our lives, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for traveling mercy and traveling grace, Lord God, to make it here, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you continue to bless us, this body of Christ, Lord God, to serve your purpose right here in this community, Father. We, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your provision. We thank you for your love, Lord God. We know that even in the midst of life's realities, Lord God, when we need you, you're ever-present and you're ever-there, Lord God. And we thank you for that. We give you the praise and honor and the glory, Lord God. We thank you that we can trust, rely, and depend on you. We thank you, Lord God, that everything works for our good, Lord God, because we are your children and it all works for your glory, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord God. And we just ask as this body of Christ that you forgive us, Lord God. Forgive us for any area where we've fallen short of your glory, Lord God, in this body, in this fellowship, Lord God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and continue to renew a right spirit within us, Lord God, guiding us, Lord God, so that your will can be accomplished right here on earth, Lord God. We thank you for every ministry you've allowed this body to embark on, embark on, Lord God. And we just ask when this new when this new season comes in, Lord God, after we take our break, Lord God, that you bless every ministry here right now, Lord God, building them up with, Lord God, people who would desire to be a part of them and participate in them, Lord, Lord God, building them up, Lord God, the people in, in those particular ministries, Lord God, building them up to represent you in a fashion, Lord God, that would be pleasing unto you, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you bless and draw in every unsaved member of every household represented here, oh Lord God. You know who our family is, Holy Spirit. You know the people that we love and the people that we care about. And we ask that you draw them, Lord God, to you and bring them to salvation, Lord God, so that glorious time can be 
just manifested in heaven, Lord God, and right here, Lord God, as we see our loved ones come to Christ and come to the altar, Lord God. We ask that you bless our president, Lord God. Bless those members and and, 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 and the elite, Lord God. Bless those members in the legislative body, Lord God. Bless those people who make decisions, Lord God, that we have to live with. Bless those people, Lord God, to do your will, Lord God, to manifest your glory right here, Lord God. Let us start putting us behind, Lord God, and bring you up, Lord God. Let us decrease and you increase in us, Father. We ask, Lord God, that you just just move uh, whatever you can, Lord God, into place, Lord God, to stop some of this gun violence, Lord God. You know how we're hurting each other, Lord God. You know how we're killing each other. And a lot of times it looks like us hurting us, Father. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Lord God, right here in this body, Lord God, so that we can say something, so that we can do something, so that we can be a vessel, Lord God, that is just a, a peacemaker, Lord God. Help us to be the peacemakers that you called us forth to be, Lord God. And Lord God, help us to move toward justice, Lord God. Always let justice be at the forefront of our minds, Lord God, because we know that it's at the forefront of yours, Lord God. So help us to do that in a fashion as well that will be pleasing unto you, Lord God. We ask that you bless the sick and the suffering in our congregation first, Lord God. I'm sorry. I'm a little selfish, but I'm thinking about my body right here, my family right here, right now. But we're going to extend past that, Lord God, and ask that you bless the whole body of Christ, Lord God, in their sicknesses, in their illnesses, and in their sufferings, Lord God. You are a healing God, Father. You are definitely a healing God. So we just lay our whole congregation at your altar right now, Lord God, pleading the blood of the precious Lamb and Savior over them, and asking, Lord God, that you move in this congregation, Lord God, in a fashion that will be promote healing, they will promote restoration, Lord God, they will promote, Lord God, just you be glorified in our bodies, Lord God, in our minds and in our spirits, Lord God. We just lay this world at your altar, Lord God. We just ask, Lord God, that you move as you move. We don't know all the reasons why things happen, Lord God. We don't know all the reasons why things are, are promoted in this world, Lord God, but we do know that you are in control, Lord God. We do know that the victory has already been won, Lord God, and we know that that victory was manifested at Calvary, and we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for redeeming us back to you. We thank you for your salvation, Lord God, and we thank you again that we can trust, rely, and depend on you, Father. We just ask, Lord God, that you bless this nation, Lord God, that you blessings so that your will can be manifested more so than any other thing going on, Lord God. We ask that you bless other countries, Lord God, as they go through trials and tribulations, Lord God. Mainly, Lord God, we ask that your will be manifested here and everywhere, Lord God. And we ask that you let us be ambassadors of your will and of your purpose and of your plan. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Excuse me, y'all. I'll listen to the church's purpose statement. Glory, hallelujah. 
Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Praise the Lord. Man, that's our church purpose statement. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Our scripture reading from the Old Testament will be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 2. Hear the word of the Lord. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. New Testament is from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can anyone tell me what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say at offering time? Hallelujah. It is so good to be able to give back to God in the form of our tithes and offerings. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? He's really, really been good. I think that's a song. Amen. <laughs> This is the third Sunday, and on the third Sunday, our special offering goes to support the Rotulu Orphanage all the way over in Nigeria. And saints, we have been able to have a, a long, lengthy relationship with the Nigerian Orphanage, and we want to continue that to support the work that they are doing. So if you're able today, we would ask that you would give uh, your extra to the Rotulu Rotul Nigerian Orphanage. As our ushers come forward, let us begin in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for your great provision. You always seek to make sure that we have exactly what we need. We thank you, Lord, for the many ways that you bless us, both through our finances, Lord, and in the multitude of other ways. 
that you look out for us, Lord Jesus. You make sure, Lord, that we have our health, our stamina, our energy, our mindset. You make sure that we have health care and that we have places to go when we need that extra bit of support. You make sure, Lord, that we can lean on you as well as each other in our times of need. And we say thank you. Gracious God, we ask your blessing upon these tithes and offerings, that they would be used to be a blessing, Lord, for your church, your kingdom, your community, ultimately your people. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. For those of you that are joining us online, we have several easy ways for you to participate in our giving. You can go right now to nlac.tv and establish your online website giving account. You can also use Cash App. For those of you that like Cash App, go ahead, put that dollar sign in, the number 2 NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. For those that prefer to mail in or drop off your offering, our address is 2020 E79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020 E79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. We thank you again for joining us in worship online, and we thank you for your offering. Saints, we will now be blessed with a special song called Never Lost. Praise God.
Praise God. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Praise God. You know how you have those songs that kind of define your summer or your season. I think Never Lost is one of those songs for me that is just such a special and amazing song. I love, love, love when our choirs sing that song. So let's go right into prayer. Gracious God, you truly have never, never, ever lost one battle especially on our behalf, gracious Holy Spirit. There have been times, Lord, when we have felt like things were lost, when we have felt like things have been so dark, Lord, but truly, when all things are said and done, Lord, you truly have never, ever lost one single battle. The victory is yours, Lord, and we are so humble before your throne. Holy Spirit, as we come to you seeking your direction, your hope, and your presence, we desire to grow in your word so deeply, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, help us to re receive exactly what you have for each and every one of us today. Help us, Lord, to hold on to hope and to hold on to you. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God is so good. God is so faithful. You all have an outline in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with me today. We are in part two, amen. What is the title of our sermon today? Part two. And so we were working in this book that we never quite got to last week, but we're going to get to this week. And we, we were talking about the struggles of life and how God can take our struggles, he can take our lemons, and he can make lemonade. Amen? So many times when God has shown up in our lives. So if you look in your outline, you will notice that um, most of the information is very similar to last week. <laughs> If you scroll down to like number three, Roman numeral number three, you will see it begins part two, and that's where we're going to start at. We're going to be looking at some of the stories of the book, When God Makes Lemonade, and we're going to talk more deeply about some of the circumstances that cause suffering. Remember last week, I had said that sometimes our suffering is caused by ourselves. We cause our own suffering. Sometimes our suffering is caused by other people causing suffering. And some suffering is just uncontrollable. We, we have no say over how that suffering enters our life. Do you all remember that? Good. Can anyone share with me a time where maybe suffering entered your life and you knew you caused it? You caused your own suffering. Nobody want to share that, huh? Everybody nervous. Everybody nervous, like, hold up, Pastor Kelly, I don't want to tell my business. Reginald, you want to come get a mic? We want to hear you. <laughs> Praise, Praise God. I think that's the one. 
All right, Reginald's going to share a quick testimony when he calls his own suffering. Well, I think I think a lot of y'all probably know this, but for those of you who don't, um, I had a heart attack probably about a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, right there, over there. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, I basically was the one who was very instrumental in that heart attack because I had had one prior and I got to that place where I thought, I didn't need medication anymore. Mm -hmm. So I started being my own doctor, and I said, I really don't need this medication, so I'm going to wean myself off of it because God didn't heal me. You know, he don't need the doctors to heal me. He's just going to, you know, whammo, and it's done. And uh, I stopped taking my medication sporadically. I, stopped, I started doing it every other day, and I was still feeling all right. I was still doing what I do, keeping it moving. Then I stopped, kind of stopped, not stopped altogether, but it was almost altogether. And I was the result of being there, laying in the middle of the office uh, with Pastor Kelly and Gail, and, and Gail <laughs> uh, <laughs> ministering to me, and they worried, and I'm worried, and you know, it, you know, now I understand. You know, and I understand this really clearly, that God works through the medical profession and that he gets his glory by how we get healed through him and through the medical profession. Amen. So I was, I, I caused my own grief. Ooh, That's my story. Good testimony, Reginald. Good testimony. All right, so that's how we bring our own suffering in. Anyone, I know all of us got one, or somebody else that caused us to suffer. Don't use their name. <laughs> Come on, Marvin. The devil made me do it. Oh, the devil made me do it. Ooh. Anyone else want to share something real quick? What about someone that absolutely, you could not control it, you were really born into it, and... It's just what it is. It was, but it caused suffering. Drugs, alcoholism, mental illness, Clement. Wow, Clement is saying in 1974, you were shot? Wow. Wow. You're going to get eaten. For those of y'all that's online and can't see or hear Clement, he was sharing a testimony about how he had gotten shot up and how it was kind of a back and forth shooting and how his mother had even forewarned him to leave, but he was 
a bed, but as he said, and he stayed. And uh, but God made a way, right? So that sounds like a situation of someone else causing suffering. But what about those things we are born into? Racism. Johnny? It's really hard for, I know you all are shy about talking in the mics, but folks online can't hear you all if you don't talk. Thanks. My mother and uh, father was uh, alcoholics and drug addicts. And um, I started using drugs at the age of 10 years old. And uh, I'm, 50, I'm 64 now. In uh, 2021, uh, somebody laid hands on me and uh, told me to uh, break the generational curse and pray to God. And uh, ever since 2021, I've been serving Christ on a daily basis, and they took everything from me, and uh, I'm saved, and uh, I'm a new man in Christ Jesus now. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Our parents, racism, but our parents, we can't choose our parents, can we? can't choose whether we're born male or female, black or white, short or tall. We can't even choose if we're born with a disability. Can't choose if we're blind or deaf. Can't choose if we have limb issues or spinal issues or any of those issues. Some of our issues don't even manifest until we're older. Go our whole lives without having any issues and then all of a sudden, here we go. Got backaches out of nowhere. I was talking to two different people have gone through their whole lives with no allergies. All of a sudden, they are down for the count. Don't even know how to handle it. See, those of us with allergies all of our lives, like me, we know. <laughs> we don't learn how to live with them. But when you don't get them until you're 60 years old or 70 years old, you're like, what, is, what am I going through? So we all have different struggles, different situations. And in this book, When God Makes Lemonade, I'm going to share three stories with us today. The first is, is a story of a man named Don. Say Don. Don loved to go hunting. Are there any hunters in here? Anybody that shoots or, uh, no, nobody has, does anybody own a gun? All right, y'all don't want to put y'all business out again. I get it. <laughs> but some people enjoy hunting. Some people enjoy having guns. Some people enjoy just shooting or learning how to shoot. And this man named Don, he was a, he was a hunter. And his gun, his rifle had broken. And so he had took it to the shop. He had put his uh, rifle in the shop. And it took a while for them to fix it. So when they finally fixed it, he was so excited to try out his new rifle. The problem was his wife had planned an event. So he couldn't just go home and try his rifle. He had to get ready for the event. Well, traffic was in his favor. He got home pretty quick and he looked at the clock and he said, wait, I got about four or five hours before the event. I can go out right now real quick before my wife knows and I can go try this gun. How many of y'all know this is sound like a bad idea already? <laughs> Like, he should have just listened to his wife. Just like Clement said, he should have just listened to his mama. So he gets his rifle, puts it in, in the truck. And I don't know why I was reading this story. I was like, why didn't he just go in the backyard and try out the rifle? But instead of going in the backyard, he drives all the way over to the forest and the lake. And, and it's an empty place. And I'm assuming that when you're a hunter, you want to go to a place where people won't be and you won't take the chance of actually shooting somebody, right? So he goes to this place that no one is at, and he's trying out his new gun, 
First shot, boom, it works. Second shot, all of a sudden, he feels something in his abdomen. He's wondering what that is at first. And he realizes he has shot himself with his own rifle. The blood is draining. He's out in the forest by himself. He had left his cell phone in his truck. He could not even get to it. And this man is in a mortal situation. It is bad. So he is in, he was close to the water and he fell into the water. So now he's wet. He's by himself and he's got this wound and he's in a lot of pain. And he's trying to crawl his way back toward his vehicle. His dog is also with him. The dog is like being kind and loving and being gentle. This man realizes, I am stuck. Then he hears a voice, a small voice, and he knows it's God. And he says, God said to him, if you make it through the night, you will live. If you make it through the night, you will live. And so he just kind of lays there, gets cold. On the other end, his wife is at home. Of course, she has no clue where he has gone. She doesn't know that he had got his rifle. She just knows they're supposed to be at home getting ready for the event. Well, she's at home getting ready for the event. She's noticing her husband is not home. She's noticing time is passing. She's calling his cell phone. Of course, he's not answering his cell phone. So she's getting worried and worried and worried. Finally, he's a no-show. Why? Because he's laying out by the lake. So the event happens. They go through the night. She's really worried. Her husband hasn't come home. He hasn't called. He hasn't said anything. Now, this is the other side. of somebody else causing you suffering, right? How many of you all have been that person waiting for someone to call home and they're not calling? Or you're calling them and they're not answering the phone and you're worried sick about what, what, what's going on? wife is worried sick she calls her dad which is the in his in-law his father-in-law and she says something is wrong i don't know what it is but something is wrong and she explains the whole thing what happened and unbeknownst to her his um the males all knew that he was getting his gun you know how you know we are girls we tell our girls what we about to do guys we tell the fellas what we about to do but we don't tell the most important person. So the father-in-law actually knew about this gun and, and what he was doing. And so in his head, he's thinking, I better not tell her. I better not tell her. And so he says, well, let's go out and look. Let's go out and look. But he doesn't want her to go and find a dead husband. So he sends her on some obscure route. It's like, why don't you go over there and look? Go over there and look while he goes to a different place. Well, the place that he actually sent her was the same lake her husband was at. He sent her the, to the lake. So she goes there, and she's over there wondering, why am I at this lake? No one ever even comes over here. My husband isn't here. All of a sudden, she hears a dog barking. The little dog is barking. And the barking of the dog allows her to navigate a path to find her husband. And there he was, holding on for dear life. 
with those words, if you make it through the night, you will live. So Don did make it through the night. They had to helicopter him out, life flight him to the hospital. He had major surgeries. He couldn't walk. He, I mean, really, he did a lot of damage to his body. He had even lost his job as a result of everything that he went through because he was out of work for so long. He had a lot of limits, right? <laughs> a lot of limits. Well, God took his lemons and made lemonade, amen? He took those lemons and changed his story around. As a result of everything that he went through, he became the author of this book. <laughs> and he put it together. Beginning to navigate when God makes lemonade. You see, we talk about our suffering. We talk about our struggles. And we, we even praise God when we come out of the struggles. The missing piece is stopping to look at what did God do with my limits? What joy resulted as a result of everything I went through, all of my struggles? I mean, I listened to Reginald when he was uh, talking about his testimony of that heart attack. It was a tough day, wasn't it, Gail? Gail and I were so afraid that day. And it was even scarier to see him going to the hospital and it was, you know, wondering, is he going to make it through and all of those questions. So what resulted of that? What was the, the outcome of all of that? Well, Reginald is much more obedient now. <laughs> He's much more obedient. He's taking that medication faithfully. But it also helped Gail and I, you know, because we were in the office praying for him, you know, calling for him. And it helped us to understand, too, that, you know, how to listen more closely when someone's in pain, when someone is suffering. How many of us have seen someone going through something and we think it's not our place to say something or do something, right? Tell your neighbor, it is your place. So Don was the one that caused suffering to himself. He brought on his own suffering and pain. I want to introduce you to the next story of Michelle. Michelle was a, a person that had the experience that of circumstances she could not control. Michelle was a person who experienced back-to-back -back deaths. Has anyone ever had one person in their life die, and then as soon as that person died, like two days later or three days later, somebody else died? And then before you can even finish doing those two, somebody else died? We all talk about those funerals that have those deaths that happen in threes. So Michelle was the one. Her mother died, her father died, and then her grandmother died. So all those important people in her life were all gone. And anyone that has experienced that, you know that when everyone that's older than you and above you is gone, you experience life slightly different. Anyone? It's just different. So Michelle was so depressed, she was so discouraged, she was so downcast that she didn't even want to be on this planet anymore. She was going to the cemetery to visit her, the three people that she had lost, her family members, when she noticed a stranger. And the stranger was always in the same place visiting the person that he was visiting. So one day, Michelle noticed that this stranger, he was always nicely dressed, always well kept. And she just decided, I'm going to stop and ask him who he's visiting. 
So he, she stopped and asked, and then when, she, when he uh, described her, he said, I'm visiting my wife. It's Friday. It's our date night. It's our date night. And he described that they had been married some 50, 60 years, and every Friday they had had a date night. And he had talked about how much he loved his wife and how important the relationship was. And he felt that just because she was gone didn't mean that he had to stop his date night. Isn't that great for marriage sensation, Katie and Walter? You don't have to stop your date night. So he would get well-dressed and he would go and sit with his wife at her gravesite for their date night. And so over the course of weeks, Michelle began to sit next to this gentleman. And he shared a story about his wife, and he talked about their love together. And in those conversations, Michelle began to heal. Have you ever had a stranger come into your life, and all of a sudden they say something or they do something, and you're like, wow, I did not expect that person to come into my life. Well, over those weeks, he shared his entire story. He spoke of all the different things that him and his wife would do. And at the last conversation, he said, you have listened to me talk all about my wife, all about our family, and I have barely listened to you. Next week, we're going to listen to you. I just want to hear about your story. So Michelle walked away, and she was thinking, okay, we can talk about me next. Well, when she came back the next week, he was not there. And then he came back a few days later, still not there. She finally saw in the newspaper that he had passed away. He had passed away. And at first she was thinking, well, should I go to his funeral? I'm a complete stranger. But the Lord placed upon her heart, go to the funeral. And she went to the funeral and she heard all about the stories of his life. And it turned out some things he had left out of his story. He was a very elite, high and mighty person. He had won all these awards, and she just was so impressed that in all those stories, he never bragged about himself. He only talked about his wife and his children the whole time. So over the course of that time of her meeting his family and beginning to heal her heart, Michelle said that God turned her limits into lemonade by changing her direction. She also entered a new career and became a grief counselor and began to support people during their time of grief. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's pretty amazing. Our final story today is a, per a couple, it's a, a married couple named Catherine and Dave. And Catherine and Dave were so excited. They were having a baby. Anyone having a new baby come into their lives? Anyone have a family with a pregnant member? Some of us, yeah, Gail got a baby on the way. Jada is expecting. <laughs> yeah, Gail, Gail wants me to make it clear. She is not pregnant. <laughs> Jada is pregnant. How many weeks is she today, Gail? 11. <laughs> Gail gets daily calls from Jada. <laughs> daily updates. I think it's the sweetest, most beautiful thing. Who else has a baby? I saw a couple more hands go up. Uh-huh. He got a grandbaby. Who else? 
See, I thought, who's that sitting right behind Emma? Does someone have their hand up there? Anybody else expecting a baby? I know y'all ladies are like, don't don't put nothing on us, Pastor Kelly. We not having no babies. <laughs> Praise God, right? <laughs> well, Catherine and Dave, they uh, were pregnant. They were very excited about the baby being born. So they go into the to delivery, and the baby is born. But immediately, the baby is transferred to the NICU. Mom doesn't get to see the baby. Dad barely gets a glimpse of the baby. The baby is born with a terminal neural tube birth defect. I had to read that because I didn't want to miss it. It's called encephaly. Anencephaly. And it meant that her brain had not developed normally in the womb, and a large portion of her brain was simply missing. She was not expected to live beyond a few days. That is so painful, isn't it? Some of us have experienced that with family members and friends when a baby is born and does not make it. Gets to nine months and it's about the most painful thing that you can go through as a parent. Well, when the baby was born, they told the parents, just leave the baby. You all go head out the hospital. She's not going to live very long. The mom looked at her baby and, of course, fell in love. And she decided in her heart and with God, I'm taking my baby home. And everybody looked at her. Why would you take this baby home? This baby has no hope. There's nothing going to happen with this baby but struggles and pain. Why would you take this baby home? And because they had had two older children, people really wonder, why would you take the baby home? But the mom, Catherine, said, I'm taking my baby home. And she took the baby home, and the baby lived, you all. The baby lived, not long, but the baby lived beyond the few days that they anticipated her to live. In fact, she lived almost a full year. And while she was at home, she, her older siblings got to know her, her family got to know her, and she was such a blessing to them all. One day, though, and this is what really caused the father to struggle, they wanted to take all of their children to church. They wanted to bring them all to the you know, church and have the kids go to youth church and the baby go to the nursery. But when they got to church, some moms had gotten together and decided that the baby was more than they could care for. They didn't want the baby in the nursery. They felt like they were unsure if the baby would you know, go into a coma or have some infection or anything could happen in the nursery. And they were afraid. They let their fears get in the way of providing care for the baby. The parents were absolutely devastated. We're supposed to go to church and find help. We're supposed to go to church and find love and support. And what they found was rejection. Anybody can relate to that? You go to church for some help, and the church can't help you. <laughs> so here they are. They are truly having a hard time. And they don't know what to do but to take the baby home. Anyone else 
folks would think, you know, this is going to collapse their faith. They're going to give up on the church. They're not going to be a part of the church anymore. But you know what God did? God took those lemonades and changed their lives around. The dad in this book is named Dave, and he wrote his first book, When Bad Christians Happen to Good People. <laughs> when bad Christians happen to good people, he wrote his first of many books. And their daughter went on to live for that full year. And as a result, her mother and dad were able to heal, and they decided to have another baby. They, they actually got pregnant within three months of that, their daughter's life. And so the baby was born. And they have a son, and they also develop a memorial for their daughter. When God makes lemonade, amen? When God makes lemonade, we all struggle sometimes. Can you tell your neighbor we all struggle? I was even listening yesterday, if you all noticed, um, Tamir Rice had a memorial on West 117th Street. Anybody see that story? Tamir Rice, we all know, was shot and killed here in Cleveland. And he would have been 20 years old this year. It's so hard to talk about. Because he would have been the same age as my daughter, Trinity. And I know all the things that Trinity has gotten to do since his death. And I think about all the things that he did not get to do, and his family did not get to do. But God has taken their limits and made lemonade. He has the Tamir Rice Foundation. He has this beautiful memorial, the butterfly, the, the Rice Memorial over there, and it's absolutely beautiful. And they have be began to make real change in laws and procedures Cleveland police had to make a lot of changes, amen, as a result of what happened to Tamir. So we all have struggles. It's just what will we allow God to do with those struggles? Every single one of us in our lives will go through a hard time. And it's because of God that we are able to get through some people like to call the Bible God's love letter from heaven. Say love letter. Have you all ever gotten a love letter? Anybody ever gotten a love letter? Some of us. Anybody ever written a love letter and you didn't get nothing back? <laughs> That's happened too. <laughs> Some of us write love letters and we're like, man, I really loved you. And that person don't love us back at all. <laughs> Before we were born, every single day of our lives was written. Before we entered this world, God has uniquely designed every single day. And that's hard, because many of us will wonder, why God? Why me? Why did you choose my days to be filled with so much suffering and so much hardship? Why did you do this to me? You see, God has constantly been trying to prepare us for life. Life is not easy. Tell your neighbor, life is not easy. But what happens with this word is this is our preparation. This is
our love letter. This is our help to understand how can we get through our suffering, our trials, and our tribulations. I want us to look at the, the book of John today. Jasmine, are you able to put that up for us? We're going to look at John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. Is that John? I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong one, Jasmine. Isaiah. We're looking at the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. If y'all like to look on your... Oh, look, somebody marked that and I didn't pay attention. (laughs) So here it is. This is a specific love letter from, from God right to us. And when we look at this today, we're going to look at it as it is right now. So let's just read this together. And we're going to go from verses 1 through 3. But now, this is, the, is what the, word, the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, for the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Think about how God is writing to us before we were even born. He has written this. So we're going to look at this again. Put it back up for a Jasmine. And this time, I want you to put your name in there. Let's read it again. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created me, faith. He who created Kelly, say your name. He who created Jacob, He formed, do not fear, for I have redeemed, I have summoned by name, say your name, Kelly, you are mine, say your name, you are mine, when you, when I, Pass through the waters. I, God is with me. When I pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over me. When I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. The flames will not set me ablaze. For God is my Lord, right? This is written to us. It wasn't just written to the people in the Old Testament. It is saying, do not fear directly to you and directly to me. It is saying, I have redeemed who? Me. I have summoned who? You are mine. He's also telling us we are going to go through some hard times. Tell your neighbor you're going to go through some hard times. It says when you pass through the, through the waters. Passing through the waters, right? 
It doesn't say you're going to go around the water. It says you're going to pass through the waters. And then he promises they will not sweep over you. Then he says when you pass through the rivers. doesn't say you're going to go around the river. You're going to pass through the rivers. They will not sweep over you. And then here's the hardest part. When you walk through the what? <laughs> How many of y'all thought y'all was going to get through life with no heat? <laughs> he is clearly telling us you're going to get wet and you're going to experience some heat. But if you remember from last week, we talked about the water. Who is the water? Jesus. And we need what to make lemonade? We need some water. You can't make the lemonade if you don't ever get to the water. And then we talked about also the Holy Spirit. We talked about the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to go to y'all, y'all scientists in the room, right? Some of y'all like to be scientists. Y'all love thinking about stuff. Remember we talked about what do we do with the lemonade? We stir it up. Stirring causes what? Friction. Look at my scientists. Friction is what? Heat. <laughs> I got a few scientists in the room. We put ice in the water to cool it down. Because otherwise we're going to be drinking warm or hot lemonade. We don't want warm or hot lemonade. We want some cool lemonade. But the lemonade actually gets warm in the process of making it. And here it is that Jesus is describing to us we are going to pass through waters. But we need the water. We are going to pass through the river. Tell your neighbor, you need the river. And we are going to walk through fire. Tell your neighbor, I need some fire. We need the heat. We do. You see, these things all come together to help God create lemonade. God is the lemonade maker. And see, how we get through this and why people are really struggling is because the acknowledgement that we need this word is difficult. How many of us struggle reading the Bible? Sometimes we all do. You get to Leviticus and you're like, Lord, what, what, what is this all about? You know, you're like, what? I don't even understand all these names. It's hard to think that this is our instructions for life. And so many of us miss out on it. Many of us miss out on coming to church because we're tired, we're bored, we got something else to do. I'm supposed to be at home resting. Anybody supposed to be at home resting right now? <laughs> I'm tired. I had a long week. You want me to come to church, Pastor Kelly? Don't you know I need my time? <laughs> I'm struggling here. Well, if you're at home, <laughs> you can't make your lemonade. <laughs> church worship. I mean, how many of you, when you come in this building and you hear those songs and, and you hear the scripture being read or, or someone encourages you along the way, you feel something. Anybody? You feel something. I cannot describe the experience of worship. It is hard to put those, what is worship? You can really only experience it, right? 
I mean, where else do you come together like this? You don't do it at the grocery store. I mean, some of y'all going to the grocery store singing hallelujah, but they're going to look at you like, what's wrong with that person? You know, you don't go to school and experience worship. You definitely don't go to work and experience worship. You be trying to get the holy water and throw something on your co-workers. Amen. Worship is something unique and special that only truly occurs with God's people. It says where two or three are gathered in my name. See? Something unique happens in worship. Something special happens in worship. The water, the lemons, and the sweetener all come together to make the lemonade. Reading our Bible, this, saints, this hard-to-read document, this is a part of the experience. You see, I've been talking about lemons and lemonade, but Jesus already said a long time ago, God already said, I am the potter, you are the what? I am the potter, you are the clay. There's even a song, I am the potter, you are the clay, make me and mold me. Because what happens to clay? You got to what? Pound on it, right? You got to beat it and swirl it around, right? And then where does the clay go? In the fire. In the fire. So when God takes lemonade, lemons, and we are the lemons. Tell your neighbor, we are the lemons. God takes our lemons and makes lemonade. He takes our sufferings and our struggles and makes lemonade. Who can think, just think back on your life, all the times you went through something, all the times you were going through something, and you were really struggling. You look at your kids, I mean, sometimes I have my kids, like ones that are fully grown now. Man, when I think back, I'm like, how did y'all make it? How did y'all make it? Many of us can look at our kids. Remember when they was little? They couldn't even tie their shoes. They was always digging in their nose and nasty. <laughs> always getting in trouble. I mean, how many of y'all had that kid? You got a call every day to go to the school. Every day. <laughs> kid didn't like to read. <laughs> Didn't want to write. They, you was looking at them about them numbers like, what's wrong with you? One plus one is two every time. You just didn't think they was going to make it. Maybe you was that kid. I don't know. <laughs> but when you think back to where they were and see how God took those lemons and made lemonades, and now they are nurses. Some of them are on their own businesses. They own their own houses. They make money. They stop digging up their nose, thank the Lord. <laughs> Sorry, my kids was nasty, y'all. Maybe not y'all. <laughs> but think about your own life. Think about your own struggles of what you went through. I keep looking at Katie and Walter because they, man, how many times when you newly married do you want to kill your spouse? I'm sorry, 
Those of y'all ain't never been married, stay single. You think you got it hard. <laughs> you ain't got it hard. <laughs> you should not have it hard. Do you got to share a bathroom with somebody that's a complete stranger? Don't know how to put the toothpaste cap on. <laughs> simple things, simple things. But that first week or days of marriage, you never thought you was going to reach five years. You never thought you was going to get to 10 years. You definitely didn't think you was going to get to 20 or 30 or 40. But look how God can take our lemons and make lemonade. You know, those of you that are, are single and, and right now you want to be married. And life is hard for you too some days. Because you're by yourself and you're worried, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It's hard when you got to pay all your own bills all by yourself. But guess what? You've been doing it. You've been doing it. You're not on the street homeless. You got a place to stay. You've been making it on your own with not any help. I love that about single people. I'm like, man, you're doing it all by yourself. You're doing it. Those of you with health issues, some of you all have some truly significant health issues. Every single day, like Reginald said, you're taking some kind of medication. Every single day, you got to call the doctor or the doctor calling you or the nurse is calling you or you got to go in for a test or something like that is happening every single day. And you want to give up some days. You are tired of being in this struggle. But tell your neighbor, don't give up. The lemonade maker is in the house. The lemonade maker is in the house. And I cannot tell you how many times the person that's dealing with the health struggle has helped change the lives around everybody that they're near. You know, you become a caregiver when somebody in your family is sick. You're the one there sitting by the bedside. Look at all the hands going up. There's a lot of caregivers in this room. You become the one, you know, making sure they eat every day, making sure they get to the bathroom, making sure they get changed and they're clean. That changes you as well as the person that's being cared for. Amen? God is the lemonade maker. When my grandmother had Alzheimer's, it was brutally hard, but it made me grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up. I remember when I was a teenager thinking, why I got to do this? Why I got to help her get a shower? You, mommy, you should hire somebody. She hired me. <laughs> I didn't get paid, but I got hired. But it changed me made me a better person, made me more understanding, made me more compassionate. And all of you that have been caregivers, and if you truly get invested and get involved and do it right, or even on the days when you're doing it wrong, it changes you. God is taking your lemons and making lemonade. But here's the final point. Do you believe that God will make lemons? God will, say God will. Make lemons, make lemonade, I said it wrong, y'all ain't even catch me. God will make lemonade 
out of my limits. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you that you are the lemonade maker. It's hard, Holy Spirit, to go through those waters, to go through the rivers, and especially the fire. But you have made a promise that you will always be there. You say you will never leave us nor forsake us, Holy Spirit. You promised in your word, Lord Jesus, that you would make a way out of no way, that you would take our rainy days and turn them into shiny days, Lord, that you will be our consistent light. Help us to trust in you. Help us to believe in you. Help us to know, Lord, that you are going to make something out of our lives. We thank you and we honor you, Lord, for all good gifts given through you and all that you do. It's in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Saints, we're, we're going to rise and sing together. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. We're going to work through this song together. And if, if you need prayer for your lemons and getting to the lemonade place, our elders, our lay pastors, and our pastors will, oh yeah, come on, hold on, come on, Helen. Praise the Lord, saints. God is good. Well, I, you know, today is the best day. I've been trying to say when I'm going to get up here and tell, you know, the church and stuff. But I had been, you know, diagnosed with cancer. So, uh, but uh, God made uh, lemons into lemonade, you know and everything so uh, when I got the news I stood on his promise in Isaiah 43 you know God you know was gonna and I also stood on Isaiah, uh, Psalm 118 I will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord so you know I've been going through since January but God brought me through J July 6th uh, I got a clean health that, you know, I was cancer free. So, and I just want to thank you all for your prayers and all the concerns and the cards and the calling. And God is wonderful. I got a wonderful family. I always have. He's been good. And my kids, you know, they rally around me. Even though my son was wailing in California, he was calling all the time. So God is good and God has healed me. And I just want to give God his praise. I promised him I was going to praise him. And I was going to do whatever he asked me to do. And I thank him and I thank you all. And I thought this would be the best day to give him his glory. So I thank you. Praise God. Helen has been phenomenal through this journey. She has gone through all kind of therapies and treatments, you all. And some of you all are just very private. You don't need to get up and say nothing or have everybody know. Um, and I, I know that many of you are going through things right now that most of us don't even know you're going through. You're having a hard time. You're dealing with health issues, family issues. You're worried about your kids. You, all of us worried about money. If, you, if you're not worried about money, can you give me some of your money? All of us are worried about money. 
All of us are worried about the war, the world, the violence. Scared to send our sons out if they might not come back. We're all afraid. We're all going through some hard times. But Helen said that she stood on the promises of the word of God. Stand on the promises today, just like she did. And, and know whether you tell us or not, or you shared or not, or however you experience what you're going through, you are not alone. God is with you. We're with you. And anything that we can do to help, if you want to share that with us today, if you don't and you just want prayer, we're going to come around now. We're going to pray. Come on, you all. Let's sing this song. Thank you, late Pastor Helen.
God is faithful, amen. God is so faithful. We're going to just quickly look at the good news. Uh, I see some, some lots of good testimonies today. Uh, Linda, can I share your good news back there? Linda was just sharing. She put a bid in for a house and she got it. She has been praying for a house and she finally got it. So congratulations, uh, Linda, and enjoy your new house. Sharon Thomas is announcing, finally, 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 and she got it, finally, 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 I am happy to announce that I, Sharon Thomas, will be officially retiring from my full-time job on August 17th. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your continued grace and mercy. Now she can spend time with her children, her family, her friends, you have, you have well done. Well done. She still got a part-time job, but a full-time job she is retiring from. We want to say happy birthday this week. Monisha Townsend, she does our media. She's going to be watching this video later. So happy birthday, Monisha. Kalila is in the back. Kalila, how old are you? Twelve. All right, Kalila. Happy birthday. Helena Harrison right here. Happy birthday. She says she is not telling us how young she is. <laughs> Helena, isn't Ann's birthday coming up too? His birthday is next week. <laughs> Brenda White, she's uh, in her apartment. She watches online. So we say happy birthday to Brenda as well. Lots of birthdays. You all, we have been enjoying, have you all been enjoying your time off from Bible study and meetings and whatnot? Some of y'all, some of y'all like, we, you know we just had session. <laughs> so we do want to invite Pastor Antonia's free Bible uh, piano lessons are still ongoing. Pastor Antonia, do you still have space? She still has space if you like to join the class or your children to join the class. Marvin, is your class still in? Okay, so tomorrow is Marvin and Andrea Billups' class, Marvin Rogers and Andrea Billups. So they are in class tomorrow, and then they are officially on break. Okay, uh, Gwen Coates, don't forget. Uh, is that what day is that, Gwen? Where's the 23rd? So that's this Saturday. Her, um, you can go call the number. Remember, she said to call the number. We have the community meal with Katie uh, this week, so make sure you talk to Katie. Let her know you're coming to volunteer. Volunteers should arrive at 4.30. We have just approved a praise dance concert called What's Left Unspoken. Did I get that title right, Jay? Did I get it right? Yes, okay. What's Left Unspoken. The young people are going to help us to understand how to cope with mental health issues, depression, sadness, anxiety, through dance. And so we're going to have a two-day event concert in August, August 11th and August 12th, featuring dancers from New Life at Calvary and the community. So mark it on your calendar. Guess what? We are really close to our grand opening of Calvary's Closet, which will be opening on July 30th. Uh, Reginald and Lenny have been working real hard <laughs> at getting this closet together. So if you have any uh, new or gently used clothing or household items, Please make sure to talk to Reginald. You can also let Lenny know about what you would like to bring. Um, the church picnic, you all. <laughs> yes. Get ready. Tell your neighbor to get ready. Get ready. 
We are going to have a good time on Saturday. And look, you can come to the picnic and still go see Gwen in the evening. It's a two-day, two-event day. And you will be okay. Tell your neighbor you'll be okay. At the picnic, we're going to have barbecue chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, potato salad, pasta salad, roasted veggies, coleslaw, green beans, fruit, desserts, and more. If you want to be in the bake-off, bring your brownies, all your pound cakes, and sweet potato pie. Sharon, bring that cheesecake that we all know you make. <laughs> bring whatever you like. I am one of the judges. Just... <laughs> just to let you all know uh, but please come on out we will have games game stations prizes bingo so bring a friend but make sure you come i think it's it says 11 to 5 but the food starts getting served at 12 o'clock noon we are we have lots of stuff happening for young people this summer our young entrepreneurs event is in the bulletin it's on august the 20th please make sure if you want your child to participate in that to go ahead and go online and sign up i think that we get everything katie yes okay so so mayor sensation today at five o'clock on facebook but know that when in august it'll be repeats so they'll be on break for the month of August, and then they'll be back in September. Gail? Oh. What did I say? It's next Tuesday. My bad. <laughs> the July is going so fast. So the community meal is next Tuesday. Talk to, talk to Katie and Gail to get clarification on that. So next Tuesday, not the day after tomorrow. Okay. Anybody else got anything that they would like to share before we depart? All right, then we are going to rise and have the benediction. Gracious God, as we prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus, help us to walk our walk and talk our talk. Help us to carry all the fruit of your precious Holy Spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. Lord, we want to help be lemonade makers in this world. Help us to make a difference for somebody else today. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today.